Yeah, your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. I forgot to count it down, but I don't care. What up, though, everybody? <laughs> What's going on? We are here for episode 66 of the Mental Matters Podcast. Um, I have my favorite co-host with me, Jarrell. What up, man? I'm doing all right. What's up with you, Rich? Chilling in the days of hopefully the end of COVID-19. I'm going to cross my fingers. <laughs> uh but um, I'm here, I'm present, and that's the only thing I can be. Uh, it's been a crazy month of May, but uh, Juneteenth is upon us, so why not? For sure. So we're here, man. So mm-hmm. today, um, as we always do, I'll talk about all things Black men, manhood, mental health, and jerk chicken, because why not? Um, we have a special guest joining us, and um, this is a very, very cool thing because I had never heard of any movie in the world that portrays about Black men and mental health, and um, this gentleman was brought my way by a good friend of mine, and so I figured, hey, why not? You know, let's introduce some cool people to our community, and that's why we have you here, Charles, so... Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Kennedy, everybody. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Um, you know, you said jerk chicken. You know, got my <laughs> got my antennas up, man. You know, yeah. I'm Jamaican. You know, I'm Jamaican. So, Are you? Yeah. Yeah, so, man. Yes, yes. You gotta tell us about it, then. <laughs> tell us about it. We finally got Hold the on. right person. <laughs> Hold on, you Jamaican? Are you Jamaican too? Or are you just not you just at all? A, uh, jerk chicken connoisseur. I am the jerk chicken connoisseur of this jerk chicken oh, Jarrell just sponsors <laughs> okay. it from time to time. Um, okay. Okay. The funny thing is, that. <laughs> I, we can do it now. The funny thing right. about it is, when my wife and I went to Jamaica for our honeymoon mm-hmm. um, in 2016, you know, African American kids everywhere. You know, we just walking around 20 some years old, and mm-hmm. they're like, you know, it's a bunch of like, you know, being quite honest, a bunch of white tourists there. You know, they've never really seen black people at the resorts like that unless they work there. And so in the first question, I was like, so are you guys from here? And I'm like, nah, not at all. I wish I was from here because, you know, why not? But, you know, the whole colonizer trying to figure out life thing and black people trying to figure out life thing. And uh, so they kept asking like every single day during the honeymoon. And I'm like, Nah, bruh. I mean, I'm just here to learn about y'all. Tell me where the people at. I don't care about the resort stuff. Like, where do you, where do y'all go? What y'all do? And uh, I think they had like some charities, if you will. I guess you donate. Um, you can donate some money to like certain charities. And I kept asking, like, well, what charities? Because I don't want this to go to some whitewash therapy somewhere. Like, I wanted to go to something that people that look like us will benefit from. And so the guy literally was like, you know what? 
you, you, my friend, you're, you, <laughs> and I swear to God, he said this, like you, you're Jamaican now, you are from here, we, we claim you, and all that, I was like, mm -hmm. respect, I mean, all right, cool, mm -hmm. so I love Jamaica, they have a special place in my heart, um, and I'll definitely be going back, so when you ask, um, I changed my answer, I am Jamaican, God damn it. <laughs> But you are. I mean, if you, yeah, if you if you get the if you get the the endorsement of of you know the locals, you're definitely you're definitely Jamaican. Like you Listen. can't, you know, you go, you fit in, you blend in, because it's it, it's it's depending on where you go. Like it's a it's a family like family atmosphere. Like everybody's just trying. Like it's just good vibes, good food you know, dancing, music, drinking, like everybody's just trying to have a good time. So, um, you know, yeah, if you you go in and you just bring in good vibes and good energy, like, come on in, come Listen, on in. I remember like one of the days at the buffet they had, uh, it's the first time I actually had genuinely made plantain. Mm. And the next day they didn't have nothing else. So sad about it. <laughs> so Elena's all like, Stop bugging these people, man. Like, eat the damn food that's here. I was just like, I was just sad. I just wanted to maintain. I kid you not. Within 10 minutes, they had a whole plate of plantain freshly made. And I was just like, my heart. <laughs> mm -hmm. My heart is overjoyed. You'll never um, go hungry. You'll never go hungry around. Around like, Jamaica, ever. Like I look like I'm hungry at all. <laughs> so, big shout out to everybody for Jamaica. I'm gonna find that mm -hmm. picture and definitely. I'm gonna give you the moment where I actually was deemed this American, if you will. Pretty hilarious, but they were <laughs> awesome. So, um, what part of Jamaica are you from? Um, I wasn't born there, so I'm technically I'm technically Jamaican, but my um, my mom, my mom is from Kingston. My dad is from um, a little a little country called Cockburn Pen. Um, my grandma, granddad, aunt, uncle, bunch of my cousins, like everyone's from there except for me and my sister. Have you been back? I've been there twice. I haven't been since I was seven. And that was the last time I went. It was with my dad um, when he was alive. Um, okay. it, it was it was real important to him to go back, but to my mom, kind of not so much. So I haven't really been back since, but I'm definitely definitely planning to go back at least once or twice. Um, you know, hopefully when the world goes back to uh, goes back to semblance of what normal used to be. No, I don't think it'd be it used to be. I think it's gonna be a new normal, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, no, in, the, in in the grand scheme of things. Give me my six feet forever. Stay away from me. Some of y'all be dirty. And that's just the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they say three feet, no check. We was little. Nah, six feet, no check. Get away <laughs> from me. Period. The CDC yeah. said, skip them. Six feet for life. There you go. Yeah. And if you're born after COVID, you're going to learn what six feet mean at all times. Anyway, yeah, with that being said, it's good to get, know we got a cultural cousin here. We love you, brother, and uh, we're glad to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. So before we get this thing going, um, you know, first we want to know a little bit about you. So 
So that's your background. I know you, um, obviously, we have Jamaican roots in the house, but um, hometown, where you're from, and uh, the ultimate question we ask all of our guests, um, why does your mental matter to you? Um, man, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, well, the easy one, I'm from Pontiac, um, Pontiac, Michigan, grew up there, born and raised. Um, man, why does my mental matter? Um, it's, it's the, so I feel like, so I'll, I'll tell a quick, you know, quick, you know, little background story on myself. So my dad uh, passed away when I was 10 years old. And, um, you know, I remember not doing the like grief counseling that like the social workers at the hospital, like they offer, like they will offer you grief counseling um, because I come from a very, very spiritual family. Um, my mom is um she's very um she's an extremely devout christian my dad was actually a rasta and then he eventually converted to being a christian before he passed away um so i come from a very spiritual household so we lean heavily on um just getting through it just trusting god to get through you know, this, this trauma, this situation. And it was, it was doubly traumatic because my dad kept it a secret that he was sick from the family. So it came as, you know, an enormous, you know, shock to the system. Like, yo, dad passed away. You know, I'm a kid. So I'm thinking dad's going to live forever. And, you know, dad's gone now. So it's like, wow. So the way that I dealt with it, the way that I grieved and compartmentalized everything was I told myself that, you know, dad passing away is literally going to be the worst thing that ever happens to me in life. And nothing else that happens after this can match what's happened with my dad being taken away from me. And um, I carried that all the way until I want to say maybe 25, 26, when I got into, when I was introduced to therapy. Um, and I had gone through quite a bit of things during that time, but it wasn't until my grandma passed away in 2016, the end of 2016 or 2015, somewhere around there. And it felt like, it felt like my dad died all over again because the grief, the trauma, the anger, the sadness, the frustration, everything that I had when I was 10, I just kind of packed it away somewhere. So when grandma died, it was just like Pandora's box opened up. And so going through therapy and unpacking a lot of different things and a lot of different issues and, um, you know, just a lot of behavioral traits and different things like that, it, it made me it made me realize how important the mind is. Like it's it's like, you know, they say, yo, I got to get my summer body on. You know, I got to get my summer body right. You know, I got to get in shape. You know, I got to hit the gym three times a week. You know, I got to eat right. I got to do this or do that. Like, yeah, your physical is cool but I didn't realize like how much I was held, I was holding myself back because I wasn't taking care of my mind the way that I should have. And ever since I started therapy, I've like, life has just been more enjoyable. Like, it's not like I've just been kind of like on a survival mission or, you know, I'm just out seeking revenge. 
Like I'm actually trying to grow, um, learn about people, meet different people for me, learn different experiences, actually have an impact. So my mental matters because if you neglect it, like you hold yourself back, like you withhold, you know, I mean, I don't know how spiritual your audience is, but like you kind of you kind of keep yourself away from what God can have, like what he can what he can manifest and what he can do in your life. Like so you kind of hold yourself back from, you know, from your potential if you don't take care of your mind the way that you would, you know, your body or, you know, your, your material things and things like that. So I know that was a little long winded, but, you know, just to, you know, kind of. <laughs> just to kind of kind of get get where I'm coming from like you know it, it 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 took trauma for me to really realize like okay if I don't get this right you know I'm who knows how long I'm gonna be here yeah I mean nah unpack that bro I mean listen this is the space we car we lay out the couch yeah <laughs> you whatever it is that's what we're here for man uh it's so much of my life resonates with your story you just told now. Um, having lost both my father and grandmother. Um, wasn't within the same year, I know, but um, I will say that those hit home for me to the point where I really had to find myself because I, I think we can relate. I think you can relate to this. In your life, you encounter several people. You encounter people everywhere, but you really encounter several people that have a like a tug on your heartstrings. Like for me, it was my my grandmother, my father, and even my great granddad. Um, so when all three of them passed, it was just like, well, now who do I go to? I could go to hypothetically, I could go to my mother. I have my mother in my life, but that relationship is different now because of the traumas we experienced together. Whereas I don't have that parental to go to, like I don't have that elder to go to. So when you have when you experience those loss and losses in the physical sense, only thing you literally have is their memories and their spirit to go off of. Um, and I'm not gonna say I'm the most God-fearing spiritual person in the world. I know God orders my steps from time to time, but I'd be willing to throw hands at a moment's notice. Um, but on the flip side to that, I just personally know that there's somewhere out there still around me and still holding me down for me so that you know I can live my best life and remember them and say instead of being sad about like hey, all right I see a butterfly I'm on our butterfly my grandma's around cool done um but you know you, you did a very, a very huge thing which is go to therapy and a lot of people don't find that because they don't see the benefits of that so I want to unpack that and I promise I do um but first and foremost yes your mental matters for all those reasons like you have to be your best self it ain't just getting my body right for summer I'm getting my mind right for summer because you're gonna need that coming out this panties uh this Panasonic TV outside so with that being said um Talk about your therapy journey, if you don't mind. I mean, I, I found my therapist in the midst of a pandemic and both a racial pandemic and a and a health pandemic. So how long have you been going to therapy? And, you know, how did you come to terms with um, 
you know, I guess what are some cool things, what's some key things that you think you learned from going to therapy? So, um, I think I started, so my wife actually, she recommended therapy to me, um, I want to say back in 2016, uh, 2017, I want to say beginning of 2017. Um, and, um, I went to a therapist cause she was in therapy at the time. I went to a therapist who was recommended by her therapist. Um, I forget his name. Uh, he was a nice, he was a nice gentleman. Um, and I went to him, I want to say maybe for say about six months, seven, eight months. Um, and because I never had that therapeutic, like I never had that therapeutic, like true therapeutic experience before, you know, I kind of thought that the experience was normal, but kind of after a while, I want to say maybe after the fifth or sixth month, um, I felt like I started to hit a wall and I felt that way because I'm, I went into it and I'm talking about very nuanced things that are very specific to black experience and you know this gentleman he's white and you know although he you know he listened to me he made me feel heard he you know um was very empathetic um gave me you know gave me some things to you know kind of think about and unpack there there just still felt like that barrier there like I couldn't really talk about very specific things because it's like it's like, yeah, you can come at it from a professional sense, but you're not giving me like, I'm someone who needs, like, I can, I can get the what and I can get, you know, like you can give me the what and I can, you know, kind of come up with something. But until I get the how, the, I'll be stuck. And he couldn't give me the how, like, how do I, how do I phrase this? You know, how do I have assertive communication with people? How do I speak my mind to people? How do I not withhold thoughts? out of fear of being, you know, aggressive or passive aggressive or things like that. So I ended up, um, again, my wife helped me find another, uh, another therapist, this, um, this, uh, therapist, he was black. He was actually a minister. He was a pastor, um, which, you know, kind of spoke to both, both of my sensibilities just growing up in a church. So, um, you know, meeting, meeting him for the first time and then having like those first couple of sessions, it felt like a hand and glove fit because, you know, one, he was, he was black and two, he, he had almost the same experiences that I had. So he was, he could speak to me from a professional sense, but also could like, you know, take the, you know, take the lab coat off, take the suit off and just be like, Hey man, like, I'm just kicking it with you. You know, like, it's just me and you, like me and you, we just kicking it. Like, Hey, like, you know, I have issues, you know, kind of with, you know, my sister too. Like, let me tell you about my experience or I've had issues with, you know, say, you know, dealing with an elder of the church. Like, let me tell you about that. So, um, you know, going, you know, having, you know, just kind of having that juxtaposition from, you know, going from my first therapist to my, my, my current therapist. Now it was just really helpful to me to like really understand how having someone who can empathize and advocate for you um just for the black experience just how important that is um especially when you're when you're opening up and you're being vulnerable and you're 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 seeking guidance and you're seeking um you know leadership in a in a in a sense um 
but another thing that was really helpful um, and really great in this, you know, with this current, with the current therapist I have is he, he gave me a lot of practical activities to do to, um, you know, to help me. Um, and even, even combine those things with my, with my skill set, you know, screenwriting and, and film and things like that, you know, he would, you know, he would tell me, he would, you know, say like, Hey, if you're, you know, I'm giving you this assignment, we would talk about like, Hey, I want to have this conversation with someone and I'm having really great anxiety about it. I don't know how to go about it. He would say, okay, try this, um, write out a scene, you know, write the scene, how you would talk and then write the scene, how the other person would respond and just go through the whole thing, just kind of play it all out and just see how that feels and keep doing it until it, you know, until you figure out kind of what you want to say, how it would go and things like that. So, um, you know, my, 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 I'm real thankful for my experience. I'm thankful to be in therapy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate of it. Um, you know, I know it's not everyone's thing, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I actually had a session uh, yesterday and I was looking forward to it. And afterwards I was just like, man, that's, you know, you said some stuff I needed, <laughs> you know, I need, I needed to hear that. So yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate of therapy now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard by now, and granted, I may be biased, I may be a little bit biased, but I, I think it's fair to say that at some point of your lifetime, everyone should find, attempt to find and attend therapy. It will definitely change your life. And yeah. I'm grateful for you for sharing that because I did not think you was gonna give us all the nuts and bolts of it. So that is, but that's more of what we need. Um, that's more as a culture what we need because a lot of people talk about therapy like it's still taboo. It's like, oh no, I don't, you know, it's like no, like talk about that. Like, you know, you talk about if you messed your knee up, you went to the doctor and they fixed that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. what about your brain muscles? What about your uh, the spinal cord? You know, alignment, if you will, like mm-hmm. hey, that go up here. So yeah. I mean. I, I think I think the thing is, I mean, and this is something that I had to learn in therapy myself. And I used to be someone who like I used to be like a brick wall. I used to be like, yo, if I never show any emotion, I, I never show you any little thing like you can never use that against me. I always have an advantage over you. But I, I've learned that vulnerability is strength. There is strength and vulnerability like it takes it takes a level of strength to open up and say how you really feel. And we've been conditioned so, so heavily to do the opposite. Like if we don't open up, if we don't share how we feel, if we don't cry, if we don't say, Hey man, I'm hurt. Or if we like, Hey man, I don't feel like it. Like then, you know, are you soft or you weak or you this or you that? So I think that's, that's the biggest lesson I've learned is just like, it's, it's cool to be vulnerable. There's strength in that. Like it's 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 something else if you don't share what you feel. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you mentioned about like, you know, the whole being tough thing, if you will. One of my favorite artists, as you all may know, Jarrell knows more than others, dropped a new album called The Off Season. And one of the things J. Cole talked about on one of his tracks, and I'm I got to go back and listen like five more times. But he was talking about like, you know, 
raising a child, you know, basically teaching them to be their best selves because at some point in time in his younger life, you know, it was always this wall of like, you know, trying to play tough when I really wasn't because, you know, if they saw you slipping, people would try you. And, you know, you went from, you know, this perceived tough guy to now you now you can't lose a fight because not then they're gonna know you can't fight, you know what I'm saying, or stuff like that. So um it kind of goes to that whole protective like shell that a lot of black black people, especially I can only speak to myself. Um a lot of times, you know, I found my early childhood self just kind of putting up this front, like, I just don't want nobody to mess with me because I know people be tripping and not being able to live my best carefree black boy joy life and just if I could even go and speak to, I don't know what age I would go to, maybe my, I would say 12 or 13 year old self, I would be like, hey, listen, you know, be tough for who? Ah, smile, like, smile all the way. Don't just get a half that, you know, you remember that picture when you was younger, like you wouldn't really smile, you'd be like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No> <laughs> it's still like that fool. No. Like, well, you got good teeth, man. You better show them yeah. teeth, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we can go to that all day. I would be want to talk about. Um, you mentioned some some screenwriting. You mentioned some film things, and I don't think I've ever talked talk to anybody in my life that's done film things. So um, I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear about this film called Affliction. Um, so first and foremost, what is affliction? Kind of give us some, some without giving us too much, give us yeah. the meat and potatoes of what this thing is all about. What, what is affliction? So affliction is, the film is about a young black writer who is trying to get his writing career and his life together. Um, but he is suffering from schizophrenia that he uses for his writing but his schizophrenia creates a reality that he isn't sure is real or not so i think that's the best way that i can describe the film without giving too much away um there's a uh there's a there's a big level of of irony in the film and this speaks a lot to um you know kind of you know just myself and my own experiences where we often or at least myself will often uh often use something that isn't good for me but I will use it because it quote unquote helps me and before I actually got educated and, and took my mind seriously, um, you know, I would just, you know, continue just kind of get along, get on to get along. But, um, you know, until you really um, unlock that, unlock that door and figure out like, man, this, you know, this thing isn't good for me. I need to do something. I need to get help before it takes me out for creates a situation worse than um, you know, worse than, than I can imagine. Um, you know, let me try to find some help. So I try, I try to, I try to convey that in the film. Um, the film is a, um, it's a cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale. I'll say that. Uh, well, 
because I am extremely nosy. I am trying to pull it up. But <laughs> uh, this, is ex- <laughs> this is exciting because, like, you, you never really see um, this type of – I haven't seen this type of plot in a very long time for any real good movie. And would you say that – don't take this as a jab because um, it really took until you had people like uh, Issa Rae, if you will, or, you know, like uh, Jordan Peele, if you will, um, really kind of step into the limelight of these aren't black films. These are good films written, happen to be written or created or acted in by black people. So mm-hmm. like if and how did you could you kind of like I guess expound on like if that was one of your goals to make sure that you know like when you put this whole project together or was a part of this project was it more so focused on I don't want it to be another black film per se versus you know something created by a person in the black space? Um so that question, so I think I think so actually I did a I did a short of this film back in 2017 when we did it. Um but when I was in the stage of writing, like writing the script, I, I did a massive rewrite of it. Um, and I rewrote it because I had a, a good friend of mine um, who was a co-producer on, on the short, short film. Um, you know, we were talking about the idea and this was around the time when Moonlight had came out. Um, you know, and I was just, I was just like raving over Moonlight. I'm like, man, you know, I love, you know, I just love like how, you know, just just the sensibilities of it, just how vulnerable this is, even hearing, you know, director Barry Jenkins talk about, you know, I don't have these experiences per se, my co-writer does, but what I can do is I can bring my experiences in here, you know, with, you know, with his mom, you know, uh, living in Miami, living in Liberty City. You know, I could bring my experiences into this and still stay true to, you know, the vision of, you know, my co-writer because he's actually he's actually a black gay man who grew up in Miami. So, um, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm raving about it. I'm ranting about it to my friend. And she said, well, why don't you because the original short version was racially ambiguous like it was just whoever whoever I could get to play it you know that's what it's going to be like you know whoever you know if you white black Asian whatever like you're going to play it she's like why don't you make it black she's like why don't you make it all black why don't you speak to you know your experiences why don't you you know speak to um you know really personalize it because I feel like you kind of have this wall up in between you and the work and I feel like what you want to say is not going to come through unless you personalize it. And that was the first time anyone had ever said anything like that to me before, like really kind of like make me think about the work in a more personal way. Um, because in therapy, my therapist told me, he said, I thought I would talk about my work and, and he would say, it sounds like you're conveying your ideas or you have things to say, but you're saying them covertly, like you're, sneaking yourself in there but you're not making it obvious that hey I'm actually talking about myself 
So she said, why don't you do that with this? And so, um, you know, we did the short and it leads to the feature and the feature, like it's, I'm, I'm like, it's myself in it. Like, I'm not really thinking about, you know, um, you know, uh, what Jordan Peele did or what Issa Rae did. Like, I'm really looking at it from the standpoint of, like, I'm a young black man who I'm in therapy now. I don't have, you know, a father figure. I don't have, you know, like that strong infrastructure of, you know, black men to look up to. I don't see that on screen portrayed in a way that's honest and real, like in the, in the sense that you're really hitting on some sensitive issues, like sensitive, like mental issues where, you know, you have a guy who is, you know, like there's a scene in the film where, you know, he's talking to this girl and she said, you know, she's like, well, if you really cared, you would have called me. And he said, you know, he kind of says under his breath, like, yo, you know, I don't like talking on the phone. Like even something small like that, like that's not mm -hmm. something that we would admit out loud to anybody. So just to have create a situation where other people can watch it and feel like, like less alone, like feel like, mm. hey, I can relate to that. Like, I feel that way too. And the response from the short did that very, you know, it did that a lot. Like I had a lot of people come up to me and say, hey man, I've never seen anything like this before. Like it made me feel, you know, it made me feel hurt. It made me feel, you know, I had, I had a young lady come to me and, and say like, yo, I suffer from bipolar disorder. I've never told anyone about it before. You know, mm. like I have a story that I want to tell. I'm writing it. You know, I would love if you would tell the story. Like, I would love if you helped me tell my story. And it's, it's, that's, that's why I followed it up. That's why I followed the, the short up with, with this, with this feature is because, you know, I want, I want to create that conversation. I want people to think about, you know, the other side, you know, not just the physical, but the mental side. Hopefully that answered the question. I kind of went off on a, <laughs> I kind of went off in a, in another direction, but you know that's. I told you, you know we are cultural cousins, though, bro. <laughs> you are good, uh, man. So, you know, again, I'm I'm really excited. I, I see the trailer here. Um, will we get in trouble if we played the part of the trailer on here? I don't know. I just wanted to give a snippet, but I ain't gonna do it now. But I was wondering <laughs> if I never played like somebody's whole entire mm -hmm. film trailer on our podcast before because. But we know that make movies, right? <laughs> so I, I think the whole premise of it is awesome. And, you know, from a creative standpoint, you know, what was one of your, you kind of talked a little bit about it, but what would you say was one of your, I guess, mental creative breakthroughs when, career, when ultimately creating this work of art, if you will? I mean, it's definitely an art form for you. Like, would you say that there was like a creative breakthrough for you? It was just like, you know what? After I got past that, affliction. Like, what, what, what did you have that moment? Um, so I think, I think, I think I, I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, I was talking about, you know, a therapy session I had. And, um, you know, my therapist said, you know, you 
you seem to be speaking through your work very covertly. You're not doing it in an overt way because, you know, I talked about some of the, you know, some of the stuff I did in college and how, you know, I didn't realize what I was doing until, you know, years later. So when he said that, um, that was really helpful for me to um, really put more of myself into it. Um, to really, um, you know, to really expound on those, you know, those, those moments where, you know, I've tried to talk to my mom and, you know, my mom just didn't, wasn't seeing me eye to eye, wasn't like understanding or, you know, my mom was being invasive or, you know, I'm talking to my sister and my sister doesn't get it. Or, you know, I'm working this job and I hate it. And, you know, I've got this, you know, I got this, this idea and this dream and, it seems like I'm the only one living in this reality. Like I'm the only one who wants this and everyone else is just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't really know. So, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, aside from like some of the real nuances of the, of like just the process, I think that conversation with my therapist helped me out a lot because it made the film more, it, it, it tore down the last little bit of that wall that was still up. That's powerful. I mean, I know that when, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying not to draw parallels, but I just think back to when we created this podcast, it was like, I, I had doubts. I was like, what if people don't like it? What if people don't even listen? Like, you know, I was worried so much about the output and the reaction. You know, I was like, well, what's the perfect way to record it? You know, can I do it from my cell phone? Uh, you know, do we, we need a studio? We need all these things tired. We need expensive equipment. We need this whole big whatever. And once you actually put your mind to it, like once you actually say, hey, universe, hey, whatever, I'm about to create this thing and somehow, some way it's going to come into fruition. Um, it's not as simple as like you mentioned, it's not as, you know, it's not that job you go to that's just like, I go to work, I know where my computer is, I punch in, I know these things are there, it's in a third. You're literally creating things from the palm of your hands, from your mind, if you will, you're putting it to paper, you're putting it to um, ultimately putting it out to the universe and seeing if it, if it rocks with you in real life. And so for me, it was like a creator's block, if you will, when it came to the podcast. And I can only imagine you, you know, <laughs> making a whole film. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just can't get past it. It's dope. I love to see it. Yeah. It's just, I can't get past the fact of like, you know, this person literally was just like, this is in my head. You know, and then now, you know, according to this, um, what's this, May 28th? Could we go live on May 28th? So, yes, sir. So, like, now this whole, this thought in the back of your head somewhere is now a reality. It's going to be displayed for thousands, millions of people to see. So I'm excited for you in terms of just knowing what that feedback and what that reality is going to look like. So, um, you know. It's really awesome. Um, so what I'm going to do is 
I'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna share a little bit from the trailer of Affliction. Now, granted, I am not a tech savvy person at times, so I might get this completely wrong. But um, let's see, see, it's all terrible, all, all terrible. <laughs> and let's do this thing. Other thing is that whole sound thing. Let's see, where are you? Share sound. I'm Antoine Gordon. I've been writing since I was a kid. I've always had a wild imagination and writing was a way for me to get it out. Did he tell you what he's been hearing and seeing? Yeah, it's a damn spirit. You gonna be home tomorrow? I gotta get out of here for a day or two. You know I'm always here for you, but you gotta hold yourself accountable. You scare me when you don't. I'm supposed to meet this guy later about my writing. I'm really excited about this. I mean, this could be it, you know? Don't get yourself too excited too soon. Oh. Now I get it. Everything Jonas said makes sense. Jonas put you in this place. And if you don't stop playing around with your mind, you're never going to leave. What's that even mean? This isn't good. Not good at all. Especially if you want to go home anytime soon. Why, why, why wouldn't I be able to go home? Don't play me. <laughs> Y'all hear know what I just said? That's a good thing. <laughs> Again, I'm excited because I, I've never really sat in, in the writer's room with anybody yet alone, somebody who created something, and um, such as even a movie. And so, um, you know, I'm really excited for it to come out. I'll even rent this thing. Now, granted, mm -hmm. I hate rent movies, so that's a whole different conversation <laughs> but ever since netflix you know became netflix i was just like why would i pay the rent i just pay netflix and you know access to movies um but no in seriousness uh you know i'm excited for you bro like i, I want to see the reaction i want to i'll get back with you in terms of like you know i don't know maybe a month down the line see what the reaction's like and uh yeah See how see how the see how the world is treating it. You know, what I'm saying I think it's gonna be all positive. So we'll definitely be sharing more with our community and the trailers and whatnot. So, so, so I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. Um, you definitely definitely gotta let me know about your reaction to the last say the last half hour of the film because it is this isn't a spoiler, but the film, the film is a slow burn, but when it starts to burn, it's burning. It's burning. So, <laughs> so, oh, 
so Lord. that that last that last half hour is is weird because I haven't watched it in I haven't watched it in a while. I watched it for the for the first time in a while uh, a couple nights ago just to make sure everything was 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 cool for Friday, and I'm watching. And I'm like, wow, okay, this this last okay, I see, I okay, that that okay, that we did that, <laughs> we, we we did that. I'm I'm interested to see what people have to say about you know about the the uh you know about the film. Um, it's definitely definitely something. I mean, my main objective honestly of you know this entire process is to um to start conversation build community um you know if you know people you know buy the film great if they don't um and you know are able to see it some sometime that's cool too um but i just want you know i just want you know conversation to be started um you know if, and if and if you know one person you know says like hey man this this made me think about things in a different way Then, you know, I know that, you know, my mission was accomplished. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's what it's all about. Oh, definitely. Well, before we wrap up, I have, I, I have a, I have one more thing I want to do. And typically we do this with all of our guests. And so I'm going to see what time is it? Don't tell me the time. I want to do what we call a speed round, if you will. And I don't know if you've ever done one of these, but um, ultimately it is one minute to answer any question that we throw at you, because I think people want to know who we talking to in real life. And it won't be too nothing too intrusive, but it's the first answer you think of when you hear the question. Okay. Okay? You down? No. Good, because I'm not. So here we go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Three, two, and favorite movie? Inception. Inception. What is your favorite food to cook? Food to cook? Um... Man, I'd have to say, I know how to make jerk chicken, but I don't cook it a lot. So I would have to say fried, fried dumplings, fried Jamaican dumplings. I'm coming to your house. Favorite food to eat? <laughs> Favorite food to eat, jerk chicken, hands down. My man. Curry uh, goat, close second. Ah, uh, okay. Favorite pair of gym shoes in your closet? Currently? Yes. Um... I have a pair of man. I'm not a big shoe shoe guy like I used to be, but I got a pair of uh, gray Adidas that I got on right now. They're like I don't know what kind of material they are, but they're super comfortable. They're like the like foam memory foam shoes. So <laughs> LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. All right, fair. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that is it. <laughs> Uh, with that being said, we have ended. Thank you, brother, for joining us. If people want to reach out to you, how can they reach you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Charles A. Kennedy Jr. Um, you can find me on Instagram, at C. Kennedy Jr. Okay. And then for the film itself, Reflection, that is Affliction Movie, 
So make mm-hmm. sure you check that out on Instagram. It's on, on Vimeo right now. You can pre-order. Mm-hmm. You can get it when it drops on May 28th. By the time you all hear this, it will be past May 28th. But make sure you check out and support um, up and coming filmmaker. And I can't wait to see not only this film, but also what's next, because I know this is not the end for you. So um, excitement. Definitely excited, man. So, yes, sir. Um, with that being said, that brings us to the end of another episode of this podcast. Um, it is, as we wrap up, May. May is Mental Awareness Month. Um, just to, um, hopefully you guys have been following some of the campaigns, things we've been posting um, on our social media accounts. Make sure you check it out, reshare it, if you will. It may help somebody out. Um, some tips and tidbits, some things of that nature, um, interesting videos, we'll say that. And also a new merch drop. Uh, we drop new merch things. Um, it is basically um, speaking up for mental health. And we want to encourage more of our community members, anybody in the world to speak up for mental health. It's not just talking about it in a podcast. It's, you know, speaking life into others, things of that nature. So check it out you can find it on our um teesprings if you will if you go to our instagram account and look for merch um you'll see the special drop as well um as you get ready for the summer we got some summer things so our website www.mentalmatterspod.com um, we're on all social media instagram facebook yeah, twitter too and you can catch us on on your favorite streaming platforms of soundcloud iHeartRadio. um Spotify, if you will, and Apple Podcasts and even Google Podcasts. And yeah, we here, we everywhere, you ain't never there. <laughs> uh Jarrell, you got anything for me these streets, brother? Uh just uh everybody stay safe for Memorial Day weekend. And be sure to check out affliction. It is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, definitely stay safe this weekend. Yeah. I'm, I know exactly where I'm about to pop up at. <laughs> Rail house. Jerk chicken. <laughs> Listen, I already know what's going to be on the grill. You ain't even got to lie. Like, if you say it at this point, I know you lying. Yeah, if there's some jerk chicken over there, I might pop up too. You know, I got the radar. <laughs> See? Send the Addy. I got to send the Addy. <laughs> Man, definitely send the Addy. Listen, we there. <laughs> well, I hope you all stay safe, stay masked up if you need to, um, get vaccinated if you believe in those things. I do. And um, yeah, put some sunscreen on. It's supposed to get hot soon. So love you guys. Stay up and peace. <laughs>